Namaste viewers, welcome to Jaipur Dialogue USA, Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. from New York. Today we want to talk about decolonization of Indian mindset. <clears throat> As we all know, we are a historical colony of the British Empire. And then we are also part of the colony ruled by Islamic rulers. There are a lot of cultural influences, a lot of social economic issues that somewhere along the line drives our mind as yet. It's not only visible in India, it's visible even in the US, where we live and we interact with challenges that has historical precedent. To talk about these issues, I have great pleasure in welcoming two very young people. because They are the ones who are going to carry the baton forward, as the saying goes. And, uh, you know, let's hear from them, two very bright young people. One is Suraj Balakrishnan. He's a remarkable media guy. He and I get along for more reasons than one, in addition to the beard factor, but be that as it may. <laughs> and uh, and Jia Manjuri, she's a wonderful young lady. And uh, I wanted to talk to both of you because you are the future of the country and uh, building narrative. What? How does one decolonize the mind it's not an easy thing because it takes it takes time suraj tell us something about the decolonization with the death of the mighty queen of england queen elizabeth's death as we mourn the death there is a there are very interesting reactions came from various parts of the world what about that leaving the position and leaving uh, to all your viewers so, you know, for a start, I think it's ironic that we are actually having the show in English, which is effectively the colonial language. Although I would argue that in some respects, you know, the Indian English that we have kind of inculcated after the British, uh, you know, have left is more or less now becoming an Indian language with a lot of nuances, a lot of, you know, subtleties, which we have kind of ingrained amongst ourselves. So the Indian English that we speak is, you know, as opposed to an American English or a British English. Is definitely, you can say, in, in some ways, our own language now, although it is, in effect, a colonial hangover as, as such again. But uh, in terms of, you know, uh, the colonial, uh, the mindset that unfortunately many of us still kind of have within our DNA, within the way we, you know, we live our lives, that's kind of sad, but uh, we have to also acknowledge that we are a very young country, right? We say we are 75 years now in terms of as an independent entity in terms of, you know, a nation state, as opposed to a civilization state that, that Bharat is always going to be. So in that sense, we still have a lot of baggage from the Victorian era, which, you know, which our colonizers have given us. But on that sense, uh, you know, when we look at India today, especially since the advent of Prime Minister Modi on the national scene, both as Chief Minister of Gujarat and, of course, now as Prime Minister, there has been a mindset shift in many respects, right from the way we, you know, dress to how comfortable we are speaking, you know, in Hindi or Tamil or Telugu or Bengali or any uh, native language of India, right to, you know, uh, things like in a five-star hotel. I see today an average middle-class person is much more comfortable in the skin, you know, eating 
in a five-star hotel with his own hands as opposed to, a, you know, struggling with a fork and a knife, which wasn't the case earlier during the, you know, the maybe say 20 years back. So in that sense, there's definitely a lot more comfort being in our own skin and being very comfortable, you know, uh, talking or uh, being very visible about our Indianness as opposed to the past where uh, we essentially were brown-skinned colonial subjects. So in that sense, a lot of positives, but a long way to go. I, I, I agree with the positives that you talked about because, yes, Five Star Hotel was for our generation as a dream kind of a thing. I remember walking on, on Nariman Point, looking at Taj Hotel and Oberoi, and used to think that when will our turn come to be, when will we be able to afford to go there? You know, that was one of the things. Now the affordability question is out of the window. But it's very important. You refer to the language part of it. You know, there's a very, very famous... Uh, thinker said that writers must use their native language to decolonize their minds. Very important. In the Indian context, we have richness of language. The entire land is bestowed with. You know, and so Manjiriji, tell us something about it. How does one address the issue of languages, the synthesization of Indian mindset, because we are, we have several languages. And I'm a proponent of a thought process that every non-Indian and every South Indian, Southern Indian, I don't use the word South Indian anymore. That is the political, geopolitical divide set, divide, divide set uh, comes into play. I call Southern part of India, Southern India, Northern India, not South India and North India. There is a very interesting, subtle difference to that. We are not North Korea, South Korea, North Sudan, South Korea, Sudan, North Vietnam, South Vietnam. It's a Northern and Southern. I've seen this happen here. That's why I'm being very particular about it. I suggest people that you must learn one language other than your own. Every Indian must make a determined effort to be able to speak or learn one language which is not his native language. I don't mean... I'm a Maithili speaking, Hindi speaking guy, and I'm okay. No, I must learn some other language, which in my case I did was Marathi. So the because my wife is a Marathi. So that's where the whole thing happens. Your thoughts on this, GIG? How does India synthesize the country with reference to the linguistic challenge that it faces? Yeah, so uh, recently we just celebrated Hindi Day on 14th of uh, September. And uh, survey came where uh, we have found like 75% of Indians understand very well Hindi and a few less of them, like around 65%, they do speak also. Out of that, if I go, so around like 50% of Indians speak fluently Hindi and rest of them, you know, uh, they are uh, bilingual or multilingual. So, uh, Definitely, I uh, totally agree that we shall learn our own languages uh, across. Like if somebody is Tamilian, they are understanding Hindi. If I am Hindi-speaking uh, girl, I shall learn few other languages also, which is my native land languages. And third part, uh, that we have been always uh, made feel like inferior about language. Like if somebody knows how to speak English, they are educated. That kind of phenomena actually has been you know, seeded in the brain of Indian people, which is not correct. So language is just a mode of communication. It has nothing to do with education. At the same time, I would say uh, Sanskrit 
uh, you can see uh, all the uh, you know uh, all the languages like java or like you can know, uh, languages in it are based on the sanskrit but our our citizens are sending their children to learn all these kind of languages but they are not angry or they are not aware about that the parent language is sanskrit only so my say is like you know we 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 never try to read about ourselves we have never got a chance to read about ourselves and there are certain laws where we cannot read about ourselves like you know we have not read our vedas we don't know our civilization well rather than they have this stolen like you know all the people who came and you know uh then colonization here they studied on our mindset they they started that they they have worked on it and then they know that you know how to demolish the country or or like you know how to rule their country to rule their and the simple thing is like that you can rule their mind so they made us feel so inferior about our things that we are not even still ready to know about that thing the first thing which i wish to say in the universities in the colleges everywhere the young chap or the youth shall read about ourselves the correct history the correct history india got free if we say about in 1947 sorry i would say equality is freedom still we are facing hell lot of inequality we are having social inequality we are having legal inequality so these kind of inequalities shall be changed by the laws made by the colonial people because they have made the laws as per the you know as per ruling the country they wanted to divide us in communities in groups uh, in religion in casteism and that's how they have designed the system but now we are free but still we are following those laws which is not acceptable and it should change the change should come and it will come only when the law will be changing we should get the equal opportunity every child should get the equal opportunity and a religious right social right civil I right i will come to that in a moment in a moment jiaji i wanted you to fix your sound system there is a lot of ruffle coming from there in your sound it is a lot of kindly check that i'm piggybacking on the same issue you know with suraj now at this point in time is what jiaji was mentioning about we have been victims of rule and you know even though we have achieved freedom we have not freed our mind and that we let all these things happen now all this change will happen only from in self introspection and i was i sincerely believe in that unless and until we realize that we let this happen the other guy did it but we let it happen we did not oppose we did not fight although we are getting to know the history much better now yeah. you know, we know that our history was suppressed so badly so as a self introspection if you were to take that how do i fix as a, we, we both are sportsmen right if i don't fix my problem others will continue to beat us we know that you know so share with your thoughts that in the path of self introspection which in your opinion is the biggest cause that a motley group of people came and ruled us and we let them do it to us go ahead you know i'm glad you mentioned the word self introspection abhuti ji because uh, on 
there are two aspects to this, right? On one hand, we have to introspect. We have to look at where we have, you know, been um, in terms of our shortcomings in the past, in the past 75 year odd years. And even before that, you know, during the latter 20, 30, 50 years of the British rule. On the other hand, we shouldn't get into this mentality of constantly cribbing, like unfortunately certain, you know, people do. Uh, if you look at the last, uh, you know, uh, eight years, nine years, even before that, to be fair, where we constantly crib about, you know, where we haven't been up to the mark and we look down on ourselves, on our own people, and we constantly, you know, try and find excuses as to why we haven't been successful. It could be in terms of politics, it could be in terms of sports, in, in terms of business. Although, ironically, business is one area where we've done really well over the last, uh, you know, 20, 25, 30 odd years with Indian companies, uh, you know, buying a lot of really big multinational and foreign ones abroad, even in countries like UK, for example. The Jaguar deal was a, was a great example. So in that respect, uh, I, I think when we, to answer your question, uh, we, you have to go back to what our leadership was during the 40s, 50s, 60s. And it's not, it's not going to be too harsh to actually be very blunt and say that the leadership of India you know, right from uh, when the British was in power and when we, you know, took over the reins in 47 to a good, uh, you know, this, to the 70s period, to the late 60s, early 70s period, was a leadership which really was still bedazzled by the British, right? The leadership was bedazzled by the colonial legacy, which ironically, until this day, just imagine, 75 years, it took 75 years, literally, for the Indian Navy SEAL to be as to be as of uh, uh, to be enshrined under the aegis of Shivaji Maharaj. Till now, it was Saint George's which had the Navy Seal, you know, in in proudly flying over Vishakhapatnam, over Cochin, over Mumbai, over all our Navy bases. It took on second of September 2022, you know, 75 years after independence, for uh, Modi ji and for the Navy, you know, to change it when we launched. Uh, INS Vikrant, you know, our first ever indigenous naval aircraft carrier to kind of change the flag and make it Shivaji Maharaj, which is, of course, a great embodiment of our uh, civilizational state, of right. our legacy. And uh, let's not forget Shivaji Maharaj in the 1700s built one of the most feared and the largest navy in the world. So in that sense, you know, to come back again, that we are moving in the right direction now where we are recognizing our own heroes, our own cultural heroes, our own heroes, which, you know, we, all of us, an ordinary citizen can look up to, as opposed to the Nehru Gandhi period, unfortunately, where we always had, you know, a fascination for everything white and English and Western. And, you know, as we saw, I mean, the fables are all over the place where Nehru would, you know, very happily, you know, uh, greet uh, Westerners coming to India and show them a snake charmer, right? And now you have software engineers, you have... Uh, you know, our own indigenous, you know, military, our own naval aircraft carriers are, you know, business uh, businesses doing really well. We have the second richest, uh, you know, man in the world now is an Indian. So in that sense, we are definitely progressing and we are over that baggage. But at the same time, it's not uh, any easy, you know, way out. Uh, it's going to be still a long road, even if, you know, this government continues till uh, 2029 and then somebody else, you know, comes and takes over Narendra Modi ji's chair. It's still going to be a long road because this slavery, that inbuilt slavery in, in our people, whether it's in the polity, in business, in sports, it's not going to go away that easily. And that's where, you know, we need a few more generations of this new thinking to finally get rid of this colonial baggage.
you you have brought in a very important point that it will take long time to uproot this at the same time we work in the domain of transformation we do turn around the strategy work a lot of them and that's where we realize that there comes a moment in time that you have to indulge and implement transformative practices in the workplace if you want to bring about change and then there is the incremental changes in my humble opinion and jiaji i would like your opinion on this that india doesn't need incremental changes because what we need now is a transformative practices the things that will really transform from place a to place b we do we i'm tired of this incremental shifts that the congress regime used to have in india thoda kar do you know they had a thing called common minimum program that was actually the worst thing that india had to encounter you know it was literally translated in hindi it meant to kaam naam ke waste kaam dikha do you know that it was literally like that road nahi banayenge pagdandi bana do bol diya road sadak to hai that mentality has completely destroyed us and i think if we need to change we know that 1947 was transfer of power let's transform that power into actual freedom jiaji your thought on this that do we need transformative practices put in yes. place yeah definitely so uh, this is one thing and then second thing is uh, i hope i'm audible enough yes and you are very clear this time thank you thank you so uh, and second thing is like uh, the kind of things they have done for like manrega and this and that like you know and then this ravery thing which is going on i would definitely use this language like you know this is slang in indian politics like giving things for free we are still developing country yeah. we are not developed country where we have everything in place where we can give free of cost money or free of cost services we are creating infrastructure right we we have to have sustainability of maintaining that infrastructure and giving that services for longer periods so this these kind of things shall uh, shall be figured out asap and shall change and uh, redefined properly by the law anything comes what i feel like anything comes or like goes wrong in the society there is a only common thing what what we do i go for i go to court for justice but why we are not getting justice we are in india uh, we are facing a devastating situation of community or like groups of people they have been mentally divided and like there is so much of uh, social inequality and social exclusion if i talk about social ex- exclusion you can see like you know that we being a hindu are not allowed to you know uh, manage our temples uh, completely and the funds are going to the governments and at the same time this uh, social exclusion has been done for the muslims like they are getting aids and uh, they are getting funded for running their uh, you know religious schools we are not allowed to do that so these kinds of laws has been made by congress which has destroyed india like anything right so i put uh, i would like to take you uh, to like you know uh, temple act 1961 so sorry uh, not 1961 it is 1986 which has taken our right and like you know we cannot manage our temple we cannot uh, teach our children our religious practices 
so these kind of things are actually creating a you can say boycott or a, or a corner for a, uh, you can say majority of the uh, majority of india so this is not right what what shall be done how how we can be developed like everybody shall get equal life equal quality of life equality of opportunity resource and equality of resources which is not given to everyone a kid suppose like you know i would say the kind of laws they have made so nowadays people are talking about on the uh, international diaspora also that in you know uh, india is going very harsh with minorities what is the definition of minority it has not been defined the minority definition is like 2% of 3% of the majority or the total uh, you can say uh, people of the country but it is not defined anywhere at the same time now they have divided people and social exclusion is like extreme form of equal, uh, you know inequality is happening with people what by, by this we are not going to reach to any extent or like you know we are not going to rise like this so we have to demolish that or the demolish the laws made by the colonial people and we shall definitely uh, restructure our uh, you know you can say laws or our, our uh, administrative system as per our requirements that is what my say is yeah that's that's very well said and uh, this brings back to the same issue thank you for bringing out the law part of it because that's important because we are a country of laws democracy always talks about being a country system of laws but indian history and indian legal system is dominated by the british laws and then the laws brought about by the congress party now the everybody now knows you know when modi ji said congress mukt bharat it was not a political statement alone when you look back in retrospective that probably that man understood that the laws that they put in the statute books of government of india and the constitution they were so detrimental to the growth of hindus and the growth of the country look at this wakfa act amended in 1995 think about the you know uh, pay, what is that prisoners of uh, uh, prayers of pw kathani what is that exact word prayers of uh, worship act prayers of worship. yeah places of worship act. Uh, 1991 this is a worship act. places yeah. of worship act sorry so what i'm trying to say is that when you see this is happening right down 1991 i came here so we were all grown up people had no clue what was going on today yeah. we get to know what is what they did this is virtually making hindus a prisoners of war in our own country can you can giving the you know entire land to waqf board for just asking even prime minister's house and how the upa government gave away 125 prime properties to waqf board so congress mukt bharat is essential and that's a big thing to not, not and uh, and i wanted to say this uh, you know that when prime minister talked about this he celebrated his birthday yesterday so let's greet him on this occasion for him okay. to have jio hazaro saal and keep fixing the country uh, as much as you can so with these words i want your opinion suraj that this viciousness of the congress rule 
that they protected all the British era rules, they didn't bring about change, and they, what they brought about was total detriment to the interest of Hindus around the country. Your thought on that? You know, just talking about the, the legal aspects, since you mentioned about these colonial laws that, uh, you know, India has de facto inherited from the British, the Victorian era laws. And it, some of them are, you know, horrific. It's not just in terms of religion, but even if you look at, you know, morality, about shame, about, you know, archaic uh, laws like Section 377, you know, which was uh, finally uh, removed by the Supreme Court, de demolished by the Supreme Court. But if you look at, uh, uh, you know, in, involving um, one uh, media personality that we all know, Arna Goswami, right now the law in which, the colonial law in which he was arrested by the MBA government when it was there, just, uh, you know, a couple of years back during the height of COVID, was actually a law which was framed in 1887. So the Mumbai police at the time, uh, along with their political masters in the Maharashtra government of the time, uh, framed and arrested Ornob based on an 1887 law. You can imagine like the kind of, you know, uh, the legacy that the British have left. And of course, our great political masters have, you know, carried forward, uh, you know, taken, you know, bits and pieces of this legacy to frame their uh, political opponents and anyone whom they don't like. And it's just bizarre when you, you know think of the kind of uh, mindset and the kind of laws which were in place and which ironically was even, you know, imbibed by the modern day Indian state, nation state in 47 uh, under the, you know, the, uh, the minds of the Congress party and which is even today being implemented. But now in terms of uh, the, you know, uh, some of the bizarre things that are going on right now, you mentioned Places of Worship Act 91, which was ironically in the time of Narasimha Rao as Prime Minister, yes. Prime Minister yes. that all of us very often praise, you know, as a very good congressman, which, which he was to a great extent. But now what this Places of Worship Act did in 91 was effectively say that de facto every religious you know, institution the character of that institution cannot be changed, right? So if you have, uh, let's say, beyond, uh, you know, Babri, Mathura and uh, Kashi and other, Mathura and other, you know, the, the three uh, disputed structures, any other mosque, even if there is, uh, you know, when we look at Kashi, for example, we know that it is, a, it is de facto a mosque which is built over on top of a temple. Similarly, there are other, you know, glaring examples along the length and breadth of India if we, even if it is very, very clear, both from a visual perspective and, of course, from an archaeological perspective and a legal perspective, what this Places of Worship Act did was effectively say that you cannot change the character of that, of that uh, mosque or that, you know, or temple or any place of worship mm. because of this particular law, right? You can't change it. So, I mean, this is, again, passed very, you know, happily in parliament by the Narasimha Rao-led Congress government and... It is, again, you know, now uh, BJP needs a Rajya Sabha majority to kind of, you know, uh, make an amendment or to kind of uh, push uh, push that back. And there are so many things like this, which is done, you know, from 47 onwards over the last 75, you know, 70 plus years, which the problem in this country is that, you know, these things can be done like this, right? With just a stroke of a button, stroke of an amendment. But now to reverse this, it takes, you know, two, three, four terms of, a, you know, good nationalistic leader. And then it takes years and years of effort because then there'll be a lot of PILs filed in Supreme Court to, you know, challenge this, uh, challenge the, you know, the realization of this. And it's going to go on, you know, for years and years. So 
in effect one bad move can be made by these you know these slaves of a political family just you know by the stroke of a pen but to reverse that it takes years and years and years and this places of worship act which was done in 91 was a typical example and uh, i think jr mentioned about uh, you know the fact that hindus can't control temples and it it goes on i mean if you look at the rte the right to education act right what is that i mean only that uh, that denies hindus control of our, of our own you know educational bodies right now a muslim can uh, you know run a madrasa very happily a christian can run a convent school uh, you know even some linguistic minorities can run their own linguistic schools but the vedic schools cannot be run why because it's a majority institution so the rt the right to education act is applicable on this on these vedic schools which are not applicable on uh, on you know church run and mosque run schools so it's it's a travesty of life right now in independent secular india but well, i think the people must are, recognize this element as you rightly said suraj people must recognize that congress party did incalculable harm to the country and the majority they systematically worked towards that i am saddened to say that i can't say i'm happy that they did it or whatever they must go it's like saying that if you have to ever try somebody for you know a major crime this was crime against the majority of life in india it's it's a serious issue jia ji i'll come to you with this because you are a champion on talking about equality you know you 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 fancy that word a lot and you have talked about this issue my thing is to you with b is that you know when do we really how does one fight the equality battle congress party has already put things in the constitution and to 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 suraj's point it's very difficult to undo what has been done to to use the football language you need only one goal to win the match but if you are down by one you have to score two to win you know it's 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 that kind of an analogy that you know enables things to understand how does one go from here now that we know what they have done we know what laws exist we know that you need rat sabha majority to do that but how does one mobilize the people that's a key issue here because public demand is the key part in india to happen how does one Definitely. do that the best thing which has, which has happened in past years is like at least we are reading we are knowing we are trying to know what is happening with us and we are speaking about it so there is a very first thing of revolution which is happening now uh, what we want is like you know i uh, i would like to draw your attention about like recent issue which has happened in new jersey in a rally do you remember that yes and people has made you and cry about that that it is uh, it is a symbol of hatred it is a symbol of uh, demolition of humanity no it is not it is a symbol of demolition of unauthorized structures right so the kind of lobby which is working against us they are making it it hard but definitely we are fighting and we will make it happen for sure so the judicial restructure is supposed to be done and uh, this uh, work has become actually the biggest challenge to us because in uh, this 1995 the work board act there is not a single person in india of majority can join work board second thing that if work work is coming my home today and putting their board i have to go to work tribunal i cannot go even normal court i cannot go to district court 
I cannot go to you know uh, civil courts. I have to go to work tribunal. Just think about. Just try to understand how. Like you know, it's the the person who is actually trying to acquire my property. I am going to their heart head office to get the justice. So these kind of laws has to be demolished. And otherwise, uh, the similar kind of laws shall be made for like some Hindu law mode shall be there for the temples and rest of the things like you know civil uh, civil right to property rights. So. I always talk about equality. I, uh, you know, it is happening, and WAF has become the third body in India which is having largest lands in the country after railways and defence. So this is the major thing which we have to think and concentrate, and we have to reform. We want to uh, raise the issue to the international viewers as well that uh, you know. This kind of uh, diplomatic statement given by certain NGOs or non-profits for the demolition of things and all shall not be taken very seriously because recently China has demolished around 12 unauthorized buildings. They have just bombed last then. Video is on the YouTube, but that's not a bombarding of things. That is actually cleaning of unauthorized colonization or unauthorized uh, structures. So uh, we know that. that you know our our war is very hard and long but uh, yeah we have to reform education system we have to reform legal system first of all because anything goes wrong people look up to courts and there cannot be different different court even in us also even in uh, you know rest of the countries also there is only single court and single laws but here the laws are divided up to the communities or like as per the religion that shall not be done till the time equality doesn't come in in the right manner i don't believe or i don't feel like that we are free so and uh, uh, more or less like this these kind of laws has made categorizedly for the you know uh, minorities and uh, majorities but who are actually the majorities and who are actually the minorities this is still not defined the people who are having 30% or like that is also uh, i guess 5 uh, years back data we have but 30% of the you know citizens are these are called minorities and we are running a separate law a separate tribunals a separate education system a separate banking system also has been raised in india there is a halala fayad bank in kerala so i would like to raise this the banking system is also different they are running parallel economy parallel civil courts so what is this this is what got you know got done by congress to us they have created such a, a division in the country itself as even at the time of uh, you know uh, taking power back from britishers they have not given us freedom we are still not free and we are still not having equal rights in our own country yeah a point very well taken actually you, you this is this this brings me to another point suraj to decolonize our mind you know we notice one thing uh, living abroad we notice that there are islamic countries there are christian countries now there is an equality of religion they have constitution islamic countries are unabashed unabashedly proud of their islamic way of life 
what is this secularism thing that has got into our mind that has been imposed on us? But because we are secular by very nature of our way of life, that's the reason why people worship whatever they want, whether they pray or don't. You know, these are all inherent in our system. Are we bearing the cross, if I may say, are we bearing the cross, pun in unintended or pun intended as the case may be, of the secularism badge way too much? And what do we do to attend to that? Yeah, that's the irony again, isn't it? I mean, there are scores and scores of Christian countries. I mean, the funny part is even the United Kingdom, right, where there's going to be a funeral, a huge funeral tomorrow of Queen Elizabeth II, is actually by state, it's a Christian country. It's a Christian nation, right? And the former Prime Minister, David Cameron, actually went on record in Parliament and said that uh, anyone can come here, but effectively we are by default a Christian nation. Right. So in that sense, you know, uh, for all the talk of even UK or, you know, US being a secular country, there are a lot of uh, Catholic or Christian, you know, uh, structures there, which are very visible on the eye, you know, in terms of, uh, in the United States, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, when you give charity, you know, for any, uh, any, any particular uh, purpose, a lot of the money actually goes to the church. Some, some amount of money actually goes to church in terms of any charity activity. So in that sense, that you know, that footprint of Christianity is very much there, and I don't need to say much about the you know Islamic countries, whether it's in the Middle East or whether it's in other parts of the world. That it's it's very very evident whether you walk in the streets or whether you know you carry out your day to day life. You you know you have employment uh, with any particular person there or company there. It's very very evident. Even a country as modern as UAE, there are a lot of sort of you know terms and conditions that you have to follow if you want to live in live and work in UAE, for example, which is, again, a very liberal country as per the Islamic world, you know, compared to Saudi Arabia and and the others. Now, in terms of Hindus and India, the, it's a very, very sad state of affairs that uh, after 47, when we became a national nation state, you know, as opposed to a civilizational state, when the British left, all the other uh, religions, whether it's Christianity, Islam, you know, even Zoroastrians and, and Parsis and others, they could all have their own, you know, set of laws, their own set of, you know, customs and beliefs. But the Hindus always were made to follow secularism by the great powers that are Nehru and Gandhi. And of course, their progeny that came after them. And uh, it's only until now, after the you know onset of the Narendra Modi uh, reign in India, that now people have begun to seriously question and seriously, you know, uh, question the entire structures in which Hindu society have been forced to follow when the others can do whatever they want. Even today, I mean, bearing very few temples which have the independent trust, the temples, the any Hindu devotee that gives money to the temple, that that money which is given to the temple can be used for secular purposes. It can be used for building roads. It can be used for developmental activities. It can be used for activities for Muslims and Christians. So there is no guarantee that if you or I give, you know, a set of donation to our favorite uh, local temple, that money is going to come back to the Hindu community, which is the biggest irony in a so-called secular, you know, country that we're living in, which, you know, again, uh, it's going to be a long process as we discussed, but it has to change. It really has to change. If Hindus have any sort of an iota of self-respect of, you know, getting 
basic fundamental rights as a community in the future. And this, and this is, I think, a very important point. You cannot expect the political masters to do this for the Hindus. As a community, the Hindus have to unite and come forward and do it. Because, you know, long gone are the times when we keep blaming X or Y or Z leader. The reason why Muslims are so united and organized, same goes to the Christians, is because as a community, they have come together. Whether it's the clergy, whether it is average devotees, yeah. devotees as in, you know, people who profess and, you know, lay claim to the faith, they come together and they do what they have to do to protect their own self-interest. And now it's high time that the Hindus, whether it is on uh, by mentorship of the RSS or the VHP or the Bajrangdil or other organizations, they all come together through, you know, a good uh, Swami Parampara and they come together and do it for them. Because if we expect certain political leadership to kind of, you know, come from above and, you know, to do it for us, that's not going to happen. You have to unite as a community from the ground level and make it work. Because that's something which, you know, I do take a bit of grouse in terms of what a lot of our uh, social media warriors do and, you know, blame uh, Modiji for every small thing that happens in the country where Modiji has to do it for us. No, you have to do it for your community. You cannot expect the political leadership to come down and do it. So I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that, Suraj, what you said, because I believe that, uh, you know, knowing what we know now, if Congress party has done what it has done to us as a community, as a country, if anybody is supporting Congress party, he must have some traitorous mind or a perverted mind to continue to support them. Rahul Gandhi's this yatra is not Bharat Jodo. He lost the chance to divide Bharat. So he's indulging in Bharat Toro yatra karra actually. Be that as it may. But, you know, we are living, Manjuriji, we are living in an era where technology is the big leveler. You know, it was uh, it was um, Nandan Nilekani who had made the famous statement, the world is flat, which the title was taken by Tom Friedman. And the world is flat is because technology is flattening the world. We have the same instruments that we use for our communication. Think about it. Today, we have a voice. You know, India and the United States, we are talking live. That has given the Hindus a completely new voice, but are we taking advantage of that is the key question. Are we taking advantage of, because this? I have said this with Sanjay Dikshitji on the show, that this is the era of Sanatan, because science and technology, which is the base of Sanatan principles, is gathering momentum. That's where I think that we need to do a transformative effort to reach the world, to reach out to the world in every sense of the term. And you said very correctly, Suraj, that we have to do it ourselves. You know, I'm astonished that how many schools in India are missionary funded, madrasas are funded by them. There is no objection to that. They can teach whatever they want to do, but we can't. How does one establish that equality, Jiaji? How does one change that mindset and establish that equality of education in real sense? So first of all, when we talk about secular, so we have to understand the definition of the secular. Secular is actually laws and norms not based on religion or community. But in India, we can see uh, Britishers and then Praetors have made that kind of laws where it is purely, you know, uh, based on the, uh, on the religion or the community. Now we come on the Zakat Foundation. You look at 
uh, you look at the work, then you come into Zakat Foundation. Somebody who started Zakat Foundation, it is purely a religious fund. And it's a huge fund which has been used at times against country also. You will find few uh, madrasas are having emanations. They are training children against uh, India activities. Then halal economy. Halal economy is not legal at all in India. But still they're running it. I don't know how they have designed the system that still nobody is coming up and talking about it. So for changing all this, definitely a public revolution is required. We need few public figures. We need few leaders who shall come up front and fight for this. A massive movement is required because, of course, uh, government cannot do everything. You, we have, if we have elected few leaders or we have voted for few leaders with the hope of that, you know, they will support us in our movements. They will support us in our thought process. They will support in the change or like, you know, they will support changing all these things which we have jot down till now. And we expect them to change and to support. But for fighting for that change, we have to come on the roads. We have to talk about it. As you are doing, you are creating a huge awareness. I really congratulate for you, you know, to you for your cause. Thank but you. yeah, but at the same time, normal people, we as a citizen of India have to come and talk loud about it. We have to come on road. We have to uh, demand equality in all the practices where we have been left alone left sidelined, left undefined and we shall talk about it. Yes, the, every country is run by the majority's uh, votes and majority's thought process. If you talk about like a British, so definitely uh, the crown is leading that uh, country. And if you talk about even like, you know, so I was talking about secular state, secular Christian state. So if it is if it is secular, how it is secular Christian state? Right. It has to be secular state only or secular Islamic state. It cannot be like that. Secular is secular. Secular means then it cannot be Christian. It is secular. It is not defining any religion. Yeah. But that is the basic problem. We, we have been always taught half of the things. So secular to gaya, but secular Christian state nahi badaya gaya. As same as like, you know, that uh, dharma rakshita rakshita, uh, sorry, uh, ahinsa paramo dharma, dharma ahinsa tathaya hoja. So hume hamesha adhi chiz bataya gaya. So we know half of the things and that's how we got misguided, misleaded. Nice. Yeah. There is another very, thank you very much, Jia. You, you brought in some very interesting points. We have a couple of questions coming and thank you very viewers. If you have questions, please ask. Our super chat is open. Uh, Suraj, I wanted to ask one particular thing here is that, you know, somewhere along the line, we in India, Hindus in particular, we have been made to feel inferior, that we are inferior. And there is a supremacy manifesto running around us. At Dexia superior, why superior? You guys are inferior. And that's why we are supposed to be sufferers. How do we debunk 
the supremacy manifesto of other groups of people and assert that you are not supremacist or whatever you may think you are, self, but we are better. How does one do that? This is a very critical conversation, which is raging on in America as well. You know, like, for example, you talked about the Ravidi culture in, 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 the, in India. It's happening in the U.S. My opponents in the Democratic Party, they are offering things for free. And this country runs on capitalist principles. There is nothing free, right? So somebody got to pay for it. Who is going to pay for it? You and I. <laughs> what I want to offer for free, you pay for it. So this is happening is a part of the political gamesmanship. But I want to ask you both, and I want both of you to say this. How does one fight the supremacy manifesto of others? The two of you, young people, because you are the future of the country. And people will listen to you more in the future than they are listening today. Go ahead. How would you, how would Suraj, how would Jia fight the supremacy manifesto of others imposed on us? Go ahead, Suraj. You know, for a start about our uh, favorite word here in the show, secular. Well, in, in Bengal, right, during the last Bengal election last year in uh, May 2021, there was a party, a pan-Islamist party called the Indian Secular Front. That was actually the name of the party, the political organization that, uh, you know, that represented it. They were an absolutely ultra-radical, you know, Islamist party on the same lines of OVC and uh, Badrujan Ajmal and, you know, what have you not, right? And they were, you know, claiming for Islamic uh, rights and they wanted, you know, the betterment of uh, the rights of uh, Muslims in Bengal and whatnot. But the name was Indian Secular Front. So that goes to show how bastardized this word secular is. In not just our you know regular uh, intellectual discourse, but also at a political level at the ground, where uh, people look at secular as a very you know cool or nice word to kind of cover up all the jihadi or the other uh, radical activities that go on go on the ground in terms of de facto or political activity of getting votes. But uh, coming uh, to the question, the other question that you raised about uh, you know self respect about supremacy and you know not uh, not allowing the abrahamics whether it is the christians or the muslims to have their sway that's a very difficult question especially for the younger lot you know and uh, when i say younger lot i really mean for the 10 to 25 age group right uh, especially for the ones who are just getting into university and just you know graduating from university and maybe finding a job for the first time in their lives because they are surrounded by a feeling, especially as you go higher in the income strata of India, right? As you go higher in the in the food chain from middle class to upper middle class to elite, where any outward symbol of Hindu pride is always shown as something that you know you have to dissociate associate your with. You know, you can't associate yourself with a tikka on, on your forehead or you know a, a bindi. Or you know uh, something a uh, kalava in your you know in your right. uh, sacred thread in your uh, hand on your wrist because that is you know something which is down. I do it here in the U.S. I have there it here you in the U.S. <laughs> you know, it very uh, proudly there, but it's something which you know is down market. It's something which is you know something not cool, right? Your friends will be like, "Hey, why are you wearing it?" At the same time, a cross you know hanging over your neck is perfectly fine because it's something cool. It's 
approved by popular culture and whatnot. And the more and more you have this in India, I think for our younger students and of course for the ones getting into or going to a job for the first time, it's really important to differentiate between respect, self-respect and tolerance, right? For far too long, Hindus have been okay with being tolerated, right? You go to somebody's house for dinner, you're not going to be happy if the host tells you, hey, it's okay, Suraj, you know, we, we don't really like you, but we are tolerating you. So you can have, you know, you can have dinner with us. You're okay with it. But at the same time, if that tolerate, the word tolerate changes to self-respect, right? Where we may not agree with you, but we respect you as an individual and we are willing to make you sit as an equal on the table. Equal on the table despite our differences and we can have a free-flowing chat. That for me is something much more worthy of, you know, respect and where the, the Hindu uh, school of thought, especially young Hindus who kind of, you know, uh, you know, interact with a multicultural audience have to find that message of self-respect of, you know, of, of respect in, you know, you know, across the table when you deal with the Abrahamic faith or something with another school of thought. Whereas for far too often, even in terms of, to an extent, our political leadership, you know, uh, here and there, very, uh, you know, when we look in terms of, you know, interactions with multicultural leaders, world leaders, very often we, we tend to be very submissive and we tend to be okay with, you know, being tolerated, you know, as <laughs> something, okay, one Hindu guy has come, let us have a diversity quotient, let's have a brown face there. That cannot be accepted anymore. And that thing, that is the menta mentality shift, the mindset shift, as our title says, that we have to change. If very we have good to point. Very good point about the use of word toleration because I tell my American and other all friends that replace tolerance, tolerance with respect and acceptance. That's what you were talking about. I have said this very often that I have said this to people that if you want a genuine, authentic, good relationship and world peace, just accept and respect everybody the way they are. Don't try to impose your will. Manjriji, the same question to you. If you remember, good. If you don't remember, I will repeat. Yeah. So uh, we basically we believe in coexistence. We never believe in supremacy. So that is the problem. We accept other people the way they are, but they try to impose themselves on us and make us uh, feel uh, low about ourselves. But actually uh the dharma the civilization the science the culture which we follow is completely scientific so firstly i would say all the children shall read and and the parents as well because in like last 75 years there's a huge gap which has been created we do not know what we are we have not been taught rather than we have taught that who uh, you know we have been uh, ruled by who we have not taught that who were the warriors. So a very great campaign is running by Unsung Hero, by Indian government right now. So our children shall know who they are. Uh, in Western uh, colonies or even in Islamic countries, there is no like, you know, women warriors. I, I don't, I hardly found them like when I read about. But in India, you can make huge lists about them you can read about them Chachi Kirani and like you know Padmavati and all huge list so 
that is the thing we should know about ourselves and then that's a sense of respect comes when we know uh, uh, you know i would say hindu god hai hanuman ji sabhi ko pata hai hanuman ji ki main puja bhi karti hu to unko bhi apni shaktiyon ka abhas nahi tha ek samay hua tha ki jab unhe apni shaktiyon ka abhas karaya so that's the thing like you know uh we shall know ourselves then only we can feel proud and we shall know what we can get change or how we we are important in the society and we are better but still being better and believing in coexist existence is the most powerful things which we have and we are still believe in that and at the last bhuti ji i would definitely say that uh, you shall do a separate show for the subject uh this uh secular state secular <laughs> christian state secular muslim islamic state so why it cannot be a secular hindu state what is the problem in that why why the complete globe is making you and cry we are also secular we will be secular hindu state and we are only two so that shall be done okay so at least yeah Thank you very much. We are coming to the end of the time. We have two questions from two gentlemen here. Let's ask those questions 